Okay, I'm ready. This is so fantastic. I, I, it's just when, when you when you look at Psalm uh, 61 here, you're, you will actually see some parts of verses that you had you had heard before. But let's just and and uh, you know, it's, and I had when I was in Birmingham and I was going to be I was at Sanford and going to be a, a preacher and whatever. And I was at Bluff Park Baptist Church and. Uh, there was a, a fellow that was pastor there, and he was like, he could be my dad's granddaddy. That's how old I thought this fellow was, it seemed like. And uh, everybody at the church, or one, this, is a, this is a big, small church, okay? And in Bluff Park, it's a real high, it's Hoover, okay? This is Hoover, okay? And, uh, you know, Baptist Church on every corner, whatever, that's fine. And, uh, but anyway, uh, it was just so funny. They had a church secretary. And I had to report to her because I was, I actually became the youth director. And, but anyway, I just, it was so confusing, Phil, sometimes. Now, I understood it, but I'm just 18, 19 years old. And she would be putting the bulletin together. And she would have the sermon, Dr. Cowan's messages, whatever. But the scuttlebutt from the church, the ones that were talking, the choir member, and then the, the choir director was always into it with the pastor. Now, remember, he's, he was an older fella too, but he was, he looked like a grandkid to the pastor, you know, and the pastor was always right. And it was so funny. The pastor would either, uh, it was just the way it was. You knew you were going to get beaten up on Sunday morning or he would be the only one happy and he would be saying, we need to rejoice in the Lord. It was just up to him to decide whether or not we, and, and I remember watching this confusion and I thought, you know, this just can't be right, you know. And I'll never forget, the pastor had a real problem with boxing. And boy, there were members of the church that were just wanting to have this pastor removed because the men in church like to watch a good boxing match on TV. But he would rip them up on Sunday mornings about how boxing was uh, uh, something that was uncivilized men. Anyway, bottom line. So what I'm saying is, is that sometimes... You can think that when you read the Bible, it's one day God wants us to rejoice, and then another time, He didn't want us to be so happy and whatever. And so, you know, how are you going to explain this? Let me tell you, this is the way it is all the time. This is the way it is all the time. Uh, David here wrote this. This is Psalm 61. And again, this is the Living Bible, but you can see it in the King James, any other Bible. If you look at it, you can see the same thing. But this is simply a prayer. Okay, it's all it is. And he is in some trouble. But watch this. He says, oh God, listen to me. Hear my prayer. In other words, I need some help. You're trying to call somebody. You're waiting for them to get there. You know, hey, are you there yet? I'm leaving messages. Okay. Look at this. For wherever I am, though far away at the ends of the earth, I will cry to you for help. In other words, no matter where I'm at, I'm going to cry to you for help. Now, why would he do that? Is it because he's just saying this is the Christian thing to do? Well, no. Uh-uh. God doesn't even want you to do that. He's there to help us. He created this beautiful earth and everything in it. And, of course, Adam and Eve, they fell. And at that point, it was horrible. we got to have help. But even at the time when God created the heavens and the earth, and he gave man dominion, and gave he, he still fellowship with them in the cool of the day, whatever. You know, he was there. He never left us alone. But sometimes we think God wants us to be alone. No, David knew better. Okay, watch this. He said, boy, no matter how far away I am, I'm going to cry to you 
for help. And that's where we need to make sure we stay all the time. Because you will lose your happiness throughout the day. You're going to be greatly disturbed about things that happen in your life if you don't know how to ask the Lord for help. Now, this is so simple. You can use 61, just like the 23rd Psalm is a great prayer. Use 61 as a guide, especially when things are falling all apart. Watch this. I will cry to you for help. Look at this. When my heart is faint and overwhelmed. Now, now you almost hear the songs. You know, there's a lot of songs about this one. Lead me to the rock. Remember that? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's, but here's what he's actually saying. He said, when my heart is faint and overwhelmed, lead me to the mighty, the mighty tower of safety. What's all that about? Now, he didn't mean that to be some sort of religious thought, you know, that doesn't mean anything. No, uh-uh. Uh, for you are my refuge, a high tower where my enemies can never reach me. Now, what am I going to do with this in my Bible? Especially all of us, we've just heard this now. Well, is this disappearing ink, you know? Did he not mean this for us today? See, some people have just that backward thinking. They'll go, they'll compartmentalize the scriptures and they'll say, this was during the dispensation when God was showing favor to David. And man, don't go there because Jesus turns right around and tells us that we have the sure mercies of David. We've got these same blessings, okay? So what you have to realize is, I want this happening to me. Well, then there you go. Use your faith and lay this before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to do what David did here. Oh, God, listen to me, because today I got difficulties. I got some financial difficulties, to name one. I got some health problems, to name two, whatever. And just lay it out before the Lord. So he says, so when my heart is faint and overwhelmed, lead me to the mighty towering rock of safety. He said, because you're my refuge in my high tower where my enemies can never reach me. Now, remember, we have an adversary, the devil, seeking whom he may devour. So... We got problems out there no matter what. Now watch what he goes on to say. This is, this is so priceless. So here's what he says. I shall live forever in your tabernacle. Oh, to be safe beneath the shelter of your wings. Well, is he saying you can't have that? No, that's what he's saying he, he has. Psalm 91 says, Under his truth shall be thy shield and buckler, and under his wings shalt thou trust. Praise the Lord. Watch this. You have heard my vows, O oh God, to praise you every day. And you've given me the blessings you reserve for those who reverence your name. wonder what those are. Well, if we keep reading, we'll see pieces of them. None of this is it. Look at six. Can you believe that? You will give me. That's the end of it right there. You will give me added years of life. Now, watch this. As rich and full as those of many generations all packed into one. Well, okay. Things are not working well for you. Things are not going good for you. Well, that's what he was just saying in verse 1. He says, wherever I'm at from the ends of the earth, when I'm in trouble, I'm going to call on you. But see, because David was expecting God to rescue him, keep him safe, and also when it felt like I might not make it, you know, he was going to add years of life as rich and full as those of many generations, all packed into one. Praise God. You know, when you slowly turn and look back, just like uh, uh, count your blessings, name them one by one, you know, 
you begin to see, praise God, how God has preserved you and kept you safe and watched over what belongs to you. And He'll continue to do that. So He goes on and says, I shall live before the Lord forever. Oh, send your loving kindness and truth to guard and watch over me. And I will praise your name continually, fulfilling my vow of praising you every day. Now, why was David saying so much that he was going to praise the Lord? Well, I want to go one other place before I skip over to the <clears throat> somewhere else. But let me show you this. This little thing he keeps saying about his vow of praising you. Don't, don't let that bother you. Like, wonder what a vow is just a promise. Look what he says. Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will constantly speak of his glorious, his glories and his grace. I will boast of his kindness to me. Let all those who are discouraged take heart. Let us praise the Lord together and exalt his name. Now, he's not saying, let's just praise the Lord, although we're getting our heads beat up. You know, no, this is why he's praising the Lord. Watch this. Here he goes. For I cried to him and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Boy, now I can get a hold of that. Because I got some fears. Oh, I'm going to do what he did. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to cry out to him. Look what else he goes on to say. This is Psalm 34. Very, very, very familiar passages that you see here. Others too were radiant at what he did for them. Theirs was no downcast look of rejection. Now he's making it sound like the Lord will do this for all of us. Yes, he will. But as you see here in Psalm 34, <clears throat> it's our trust in him. He says, this poor man, now this is a king, David, this poor man, yeah. Well, <clears throat> you can understand, even being king, your finances may not be as, though, uh, as low as somebody else's, but you've got to run your business, and you're, as far as you're concerned, you're just as poor, and you've got to have help. So here's what David did. He said, this poor man cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. Now remember, he wrote this down, so it must be like, I'm going to remember this. That's what we got to do. We got to keep remembering this. God got me out last time. He'll get me out this time. Praise the Lord. And he doesn't quit. Watch this. He says, for the angel of the Lord guards and rescues. Praise the Lord. Oh, him. Oh, put God to the test and see how kind he is. See for yourself the way his mercy showered down on all those who trust him. Wow. Now, let's jump back just a moment because we were looking at uh, <clears throat> how good God is here. Let's go to, because uh, David's, just, David's just acting like, well, I'm going to praise you because I know you're going to get me out of trouble. You're always going to be there for me. You're my high tower. My rock, my defense, let's see, excuse me. Oh. First Chronicles. So amazing. You would think First Chronicles here, oh, most boring thing in the world. You just wonder, you know, like First Chronicles chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4, it goes by its name, its records. What do I want to know for? Well, let me tell you one reason you want to know so-and-so daddy is so-and-so's daddy is so-and-so daddy is so-and-so and so-and-so because skepticism tries to creep in and tell us that I ain't too sure the Bible really. I mean, somebody could have been on drugs when they wrote the Bible. You know? mm -mm, mm -mm. These records are there. You go back and you scratch your head and you go, you know what, is there ever, was there ever such a nation by the name of Egypt? Mm -hmm. 
You can do your own little research. It was a guy by the name of Ramses was Pharaoh. What else was going on during that time? Israel was in bondage, as slavery to Pharaoh under Ramsey. Okay? You can't just say, well, Jesus was on dope and all these things were just crazy. No, these are facts. These things actually happened, you know. But now, so here we go. Watch this. Little, this is fantastic. So here's the sons of Judah, Perez, Hezra, Kamar, whatever. These are sons, 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 sons. The descendants of Etham, Jezreel. goes on and on. But now watch this. Right in the middle of nowhere. Now these names are so big, we're like, what, 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 what? All of a sudden, look down here at verse 9. Okay, Jabez was more distinguished than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because she had a hard time with him at birth. Jabez means distress. 10. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel... Now, why do we have the details other than write them down and use them? Oh, that God, you would wonderfully bless me and help me in all my work. Please be with me in all that I do. Keep me from all evil and disaster. And God granted him his request. And then we go... You know, Dustin was the descendant of Richard. You know, Dustin... And then we're lost again. What is this all about? It's for instructions. It's to do... It's to tell us to do exactly what he did. So amazing. You know, if you look close, you have this in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from evil. But see, today, a lot of times we just... We throw our hands up and we wonder, you know, well... I guess God's not the same, and, you know, after all, we all came from monkeys. We didn't come from monkeys. I mean, think a minute. Opposing thumbs. You're not going to find the missing link. But, see, we have this barrage of unbelief. And this is the reason today, it's, it, a lot of us think the only thing we can carry to the world is, I'm going to heaven because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Well, you are. But if you don't convince the world that Jesus is there to help you in the here and now, they're not going to, they're, they're just going to say, well, I believe, if I believe in this cup, I'll go to heaven. Oh, we got so much of that going on in, 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 in our society today. Have your own God. But I tell you what, the way to your own happiness is to begin to realize Jesus, his name means Savior, and he'll save you from whatever's ailing you right now. He'll help you with all your troubles whatsoever. We can be just as simple-minded as Jabez here. Now, let's go see somebody else who did the same thing. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Back up here to, way up here at the beginning. And let's go to the 18th chapter here. 28, excuse me. Abraham's grandson, oh, Jacob here. Well, uh, this is so cute. Oh, excuse me, hang on one second. Get that out of the way. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and said, don't marry one of these Canaanite girls. I mean, can you imagine this? We think that today only parents were worried about who I married. Oh, oh. All this trouble could happen anytime, okay? Don't marry one of these Canaanite girls like your brother did. It was, oh, oh, 
Jacob and Esau. Esau said, I'm going to wear that girl right there. Oh, she just brought torment to her mom and daddy. Anyway, he said, instead, go to Paydan or Am, go to Gunnersville, to the house of your grandfather or whatever, and marry one of your cousins, your uncle Laban's daughters. Okay. Anyway, remember, Esau is mad. Oh, he is so mad at Jacob. So his mama helps Jacob and says, look, you better get out of Dodge. And so he has to leave the comfort of Huntsville and head to Gunnersville. Aye, aye, aye. Well, there's between here and Gunnersville, there's all kind of trouble you could run into trying to ride a donkey between here and there. And it can get scary. And you may not, you may not live, and you may not ever get back. And worst case, remember, Esau wants you dead anyway. Your brother wants to kill you. It won't be the first time a brother killed somebody. So we see what happens here. But let's watch what happens here. Uh, so Jacob left Huntsville, we'll say, okay. And he journeyed toward Gunnersville. That night when he stopped to camp at sundown, he founded a rock for a headrest and lay down to sleep. Okay, so you imagine he's by himself. Thankfully, he had the U.S. Army. No, he didn't, did he? Thankfully, he didn't have nothing. He probably had another rock handy. That's all he had. He may have had a dog. But even if you got a dog, it can still be scary. And he dreamed that night that a staircase reached from earth to heaven and he saw angels of God going up and down on it. Now you've heard this story. I've heard this in Sunday school, but let's grab it for today. And let's just take it how simple this is. So at the top of the stairs stood the Lord. I am Jehovah. Wonder if Jehovah would say that to us. Well, yes. So that still applies. He said, the God of Abraham and your father, Isaac, the ground that you are lying on is yours. I will give it to you and your descendants. <clears throat> now, these promises are still, they're yours. Besides that, we do not need the details if this is for us. Okay. I mean, it's not for us. I will give it to you and your descendants. You will have descendants as many as the dust. They will cover the land from the east to the west and from the north, south, and all nations will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you. Now, did Jesus ever promise he'd be with us? What do you think? Yes, he did. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? This is the same Lord. Remember, they tried to get Jesus one time. You're not even 50 years old, and you think you know Abraham? Boy, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He also said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. So we're talking Jesus here. This is Jesus. Okay, look what he says. I will be with you. Oh, this is so good. And will protect you wherever you go and will bring you back safely to this land. I will be with you constantly until I have finished. Let me scroll down here. Until I have finished giving you all that I am promising. Then Jacob woke up. Now he's... He's a little bit nerved right here. I mean, he's just, watch what happens. God lives here, he exclaimed, in terror. I've stumbled into his home. You ever been, you know, when you wake up for the first time, you're like, oh, excuse me, give me a second. I remember a friend of mine called the other day, and I said, hang on a second, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at, because I, I just woke up. Uh, this is the awesome entrance to heaven. The next morning, he got up very early and set his stone headrest upright as a memorial pillar and poured olive oil over it. He named the place. Now, how many times have we ever heard of Bethel? Bethel. 
a lot of times. There's, there's cities in Alabama called Bethel. Okay? It simply means house of God. Okay? Uh, though the previous name of the nearest village was, let's see what it says, was Luz. Okay. And this, you know, if we would just begin to treat the Lord like the people in the Bible did. It's really just called faith is what it is. You're not going to upset God. Jacob vowed. That just means promised. We use the word promise today more. I promise. I promise. He promised to God. If God will help me and protect me. For some reason we think this is optional. I don't want to. I don't want the Lord to. He's not obligated. You need it. You need him to protect you. You do. <clears throat> protect me on this journey. Give me food and clothes. And bring me back safely to my father. I don't know if you remember the story, but when, when uh, Jacob comes back to meet Esau, of course, Jacob has got thousands. of. De- I mean, his family's huge. He's got a lot of slaves, too, and everything. He sees Esau in the distance, and he's going, Oh, man, my brother's going to kill us all. And he sent out his sons and his daughters and his wives. We had two wives, Leah and Rebecca. Sent them out ahead like, well, maybe you won't kill my kids, you know, whatever. And it was a love fest. Those two brothers, when they came back together, they fell on each other's necks. They loved each other. They wound up burying their dad together. It was fantastic. So can you see how God did all this? And you have the details in the book of Genesis that you get to read over and over again. And every time you read that, you go, that's me. That's me. That's me. God will do the same for you. So he says, look, God, I promise if you will help me and you'll protect me on this journey, give me food and clothes and bring me back safely to my father, then I will choose Jehovah as my God. What? This is okay. And look what he says. And this memorial shall become a place of worship and I'll give you back a tenth of everything you give me. Gee. Be nice if it would be that simple. It is that simple, praise the Lord. God will just flat take care of you. Okay, let's go back over here to, uh, let's see if Jesus is anything like that. Mark chapter 10. Mm, My dog's whining, okay. He's excited about this, okay. Mark chapter 10, look down here. Oh, 45. Let's start here at 42. Um, verse 41. When the disciples discovered James and John had asked, uh, they were very indignant. James and John had just said, hey, can we sit on your left hand and on your right? We want to be right there with you in the kingdom, whatever. He says, as you know, the kings and great men of the earth lorded over the people. But among you, it's different. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be greatest of all must be slave of all. Now watch this. For even the Messiah, he's talking about Jesus. uh, I am not here to be served, but to help others and to give my life as a ransom for many. I mean, we can't clean up our lives enough to get to heaven. Jesus is our ransom. Well, we're going to have a response, that's for sure. We want to live right, absolutely. But there's not enough good things you can do to get to heaven. Jesus is had to give his life as a ransom. There was no reason for him to die if it was any other reason. But now, that pulls us back to this. 
He says, but I've come to help others. Now, let's go two places in Matthew. And I'm going to stop right here. Two places. Watch this. Let's watch him help others. And then we'll walk out of here today knowing he's going to help us too. Oh, uh, let's see. Matthew chapter 14. And this is, this is the reason that you, uh, you see this in the scriptures. Very last place. Look at this. <clears throat> this is Matthew chapter 14, verse 34. They landed at Gennesaret. The news of their arrival spread quickly throughout the city, and soon people were rushing around telling everyone to bring their sick to be healed. Well, no, 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 calm down. Psalm 30, Psalm 6, Psalm 4. You find David going, help me, I'm sick. Praise the Lord, you know. You've got individuals with names that Jesus healed. we got a whole town here. This is just one incident. Everybody's rushing to get help from Jesus. And wait, Jesus did just say, I didn't come to be served. I came to help. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Anyway, so the sick begged him uh, to let them touch even the tassel of his robe, and all who did were healed. Wow. Wow. Goes right into the 15th chapter. I want to show you one right here. Watch this. Oh, don't get dizzy. Just hold on a second. Let's skip through this. Look at this. I, I love this. This is fantastic. Scroll down again. Hang on one second. Look at this. 29. Okay, so this daughter, remember, even the dogs get the crumbs. Okay, that was this one right here. Then look at 29. Jesus now returned to the Sea of Galilee, climbed a hill, and sat there. A vast crowd brought to him their lame, blind, maimed, and those who couldn't speak, and many others, and they laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. What a spectacle it was. Those who hadn't been able to say a word were talking excitingly, and those with missing arms and legs had new ones. The cripples were walking and jumping around, and those who had been blind were gazing about. I mean, imagine, and what's going to happen to you and I today when we quit worrying about our problems that we're faced with right now? And you know, it's Jesus, you're big enough to fix this problem I've got, you know. I don't have to, see, remember, David never saw Jesus. Oh, I just wish I was at the shores of Galilee. Well, David wrote like he was there the whole time. And you and I do the same thing. That's the reason, like Psalm 61, we're like, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, you know. Verse, he goes on and he says, <clears throat> the crowds just marveled and praised the God of Israel. I'm telling you, Jesus is the same. <clears throat> Hebrews 13 8, yesterday, today, and forever. Father, we thank you today. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll fix us. Hallelujah. Lord, also, if we're, tr we're struggling financially, no matter what it is, you'll help us out there too. David said, I've been young and been old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. So we just thank you. You'll take care of that. And if there's any other trouble out there, just like maybe a, a, a giant in our lives, some other problem, it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do... You know, with being well, it's just we got a problem and we got to have some answers. We got to have some help. Lord, I just thank you. You'll rescue us from that situation. You will get us out of trouble, just like you said in Psalm 34. Well, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you've been doing. And it's been great. And we thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Everybody have a great afternoon.
There's still donuts back there. 